Daryl Wong. Nick Nocera. All right, I want to go through something with you right off the bat here. Please do. The Oscar nominees for Best Song from the 88th Annual Academy Awards in 2015. Writings on the Wall by Jimmy Naples and Sam Smith for Spectre. Uh-huh. I believe that's a James Bond feature. Right. Earned It by Belly De Helena, Stefan Mokio, and The Weeknd for the feature film Fifty Shades of Grey. Till It Happens to You by Lady Gaga and Diane Warren from a movie called The Hunting Ground. Manta Ray by J. Ralph and Anoni from a movie called Racing Extinction and Simple Song Number 3 by David Lang from a feature film called Youth. Mm-hmm. Do you notice anything funny about this list? Huh. Um, besides the fact that I've never heard of any of those songs or any of those movies. I guess I know Spectre, yeah. but... Yeah. It seems like they left out... You know out. Fifty Shades. You know what that is. Oh, yeah. I know is. Fifty Shades. But it seems yeah. like they missed some um, some serious contenders on that list. Really one serious contender. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Like, name a bigger Oscar snub... <laughs> Than the 2015 <laughs> snubbing Wiz Khalifa of a fucking nomination for basically the song of the year, yeah. not just the song of the movie of the year. It broke right? boundaries. It transcended. Like it, it totally transcended. The song was bigger. The song was probably bigger than the movie, and the movie was huge. But but I, I totally. Like, this song was on every radio station, like. That song was on every radio station, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, like, I feel like part of uh, getting the award for having a, was it movie soundtrack? Movie score? Ah, yep. Is that the movie needs to be, like, of a certain magnitude. Um, Like, a big, it needs to be a big movie. It needs to be a movie that, you know, more than a few people know about. Yeah, I totally agree. Has anybody seen Racing Extinction? If you have, give us a shout. Because <laughs> um, I sure as shit have not. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that, it sounds horrible. But Wiz Khalifa um, really did it right. Yeah, he did it right. Even Okay, in 2016, if this movie had come out a year later, I can kind of see it. I, there's like a case maybe to be made, right? 2016, City of Stars from La La Land, which is a musical, Mm -hmm. right? So it's all about the music. The Empty Chair from Jim, the James Foley story. I don't know what the fuck that is. Mm -hmm. Audition, also from La La Land. Again, musical. How Far I'll Go from Moana, which is another musical. And like Lin-Manuel wrote it. Mm Mm-hmm. Does The Rock and sing in it? He does not sing that song, but okay. it's just the girl, I think. Okay. That's like the opening. 
her like opening gambit like i'm gonna get the fuck out of this shithole island out into the sea and then can't stop the feeling by justin timberlake for the trolls movie wow (laughs) which is undoubtedly well it's not a good song but it was very popular and also transcended and yeah. was on every radio station I, I hear that hook in my ear right now i know yeah, yeah i know what too. it sounds like so it's, it's banging um, and it's I, had, banging. I had no clue that falls into the category if i had no clue that it was attached to a movie so given let's take an assumption let's make an assumption about 2016 that the empty chair is a great fucking song like a real banger maybe Maybe you could make a weak ass case that it could be left off this list. Uh-huh. But 2015 was so devoid of any <laughs> songs worth fucking mentioning, except for this one. Uh-huh. I've never seen anything. I think about this Oscar snub almost on a daily basis, mm-hmm. all the time. It's so fucking ludicrous. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, needs to be said. Needs to be said. Wow. Anyway, if you didn't know it, this is No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. I'm Nick Nostera. And I'm Daryl Wong. And Daryl, correct me if I'm wrong, we watched Furious 7 this week, did we not? That is correct, for the 12th time. For the fucking 12th <laughs> time. And what, what on your 12th go-around <laughs> did you feel worthy of mentioning? Oh, uh, yes. Um, I mean, ugh, man, it's tough. So Dom's been making the same. <laughs> so I, so when we start out this movie, we're with Dom, we're with Letty, and some time has passed, right? Uh, Mia has had a baby. This baby is alive, and like mm-hmm. what year? Maybe less less than two years old. But presumably in this time, Dom has been making the same jokes every single time they hang out. Like, hey, do you remember this? Oh my god, do you remember this? Right. You remember back at, uh... I remember how you used to do this thing. And, like, for years. It's one thing to, like, have no time passed between, like, a previous movie and now. But if I'm putting Mm -hmm. myself in Letty's shoes, I understand why she has to go and take some time. She's just like, look. Two years now, you've been asking me these same questions. I have to tell you, man, I straight up do not remember any of this shit, okay? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So I fell for her. I fell for her too, kind of. Um, I mean, obviously, it's been like two years of him making the same suggestions of like, do you remember this? Do you remember that? But also two years of him making those jokes, which is like, oh my God, dude. Right. Like, it's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, get over it. I don't remember. So. I understand why she walked away, kind of. Um, she is not a nice person in this movie, to be fair. Mm. How so? To be fair to Dom. Mm. You know, maybe he just soured her so much that she is turned... I don't know. She gets a little... So when she first meets um, Genesis... Um, nope. What's, um Yep. That's the one. When she first meets Ramsey, Ramsey wakes up on like the park bench where they're all hanging out mm-hmm. after they rescue her by the lake. And um, Letty's like, hello, kitty's awake. <laughs> like, fuck. 
Like you didn't you don't you've never even met her. Like she literally got out of a bus that was on fire, mm-hmm. got into a car with Dom, rolled her ass down a cliff, and then got knocked out and woke up on a park bench. And you're like slinging it real shade, you know? <laughs> Um, I'm not even sure if I understand the the dig. Like I I know what Hello Kitty is, but I feel like I should know more about like what's the origin of Hello Kitty to begin with. Well, it's like a Japanese brand, right? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a brand, and they had all those other um, yeah side characters too. Oh, right? is it like Peckle is it and Batsmaru? It's all. Oh, it's is there all like a of, Hello Kitty universe, like a sort of? You know how there's like the McDonald's gang? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called. Uh, oh, it's called um, Sanrio. 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 I remember there used to be a Sanrio store at the mall I used to go to when I was a kid, and they sold all kinds of Sanrio paraphernalia. It's just all these. It's the company. Characters. The fictional character is produced by a Japanese company called Sanrio. Right, and I don't know yep. if it has like. Like, as far as I know, there's no Hello Kitty cartoon. They were just, like, brand images, yes. as far as I know. Right? I, in my dumb American recollection of when I first became aware of Hello Kitty, it was a line of plush dolls. Mm-hmm. Is that something that strikes you as true? Yeah, it dolls, but you could also get it in the form of a pencil case or a... Sure. Yeah, mechanical it's pencil. It's on everything. They make candy, that kind of stuff. It's on everything. But did it... I feel like it maybe like OG... The OG was like a plush doll. Mm-hmm. But was it just like a cartoon that they decided like... He just... Whoever designed it, like, just fucking nailed it so hard mm-hmm. with Hello Kitty <laughs> that the Sanrio was like, oh, we got to put this on everything. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's the thing. As far as I know, it doesn't have, like, any comic book origin or TV, mm. like, cart- moving cartoon. It was, like, just a picture. Yeah. Or stuffed yeah. animal. Which is wild wow. to, to think about sort of the type of, yeah, the extent of the... Uh, subculture that's sort of extended for beyond Hello do you Kitty. did you ever know anybody who was really into it um i didn't know any like hardcore hello kitty people but i know people uh-huh. who were like you know had some stuff had some gear huh. like maybe dressed in all pink and uh carried around a uh like a hello kitty purse Wow, I have not. I, it's, it's very strange. I'm so culturally aware of Hello Kitty, and yet I don't think I know a single person who's ever owned a single item of Hello Kitty apparel. Huh. Well, hmm. I don't think I have any right now. No, I'm trying to think <laughs> about it, but. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. But I guess, uh, yeah, I guess I don't understand the insult. Hello Kitty seems Was like it? a. Like a mega, yeah. yeah, mega success as far as we're concerned. Yeah, the the reference doesn't make any fucking sense, right? Basically, yeah. um, and it sounds. I mean, she says it like an insult, right? Right. right. She's just kind of like a. She's kind of a dick mm-hmm. to Ramsey. You know. Um, yeah, I don't know. What else? 
Uh, I think mm-hmm. basically I was like obviously hating myself watching this movie this morning. I watched the whole thing today this mm-hmm. morning. Rough. And it was it was hard. It was really not fun. It was really not fun and hard. I like put it off and I put it off and I woke up this morning at like eight thirty and was like, "Gotta watch this fucking movie." And um, yeah, it wasn't good. Uh-huh. I found myself being like, "God's eye is kind of good." Good. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> it's just like kind of fun. Like, first of all, visually, it's like they really did a good job, I feel like, with God's Eye. You know, like, giving it a visual presence. Yeah, the interface. Mm -hmm. And, like, using all the security cameras to sort of, like, make... And then that goes into, like, a 3D model, and but it's all, like, sort of digital text overlaid and, you know, digitized and, Mm -hmm. you know, computer graphic. Graphically, they... It was good. They... It's good, Mm -hmm. basically. The After Effects team, they know what they're doing on this movie. Um, so that's for it's like interesting to watch happen. Uh, and then I don't know. I just thought like, if you're gonna go hack, if you're gonna go around hacking, just do it. You know, like go all out. And that's what God's Eye does. It just, it's just all out hack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it definitely, yeah, the the interface itself and sort of the ominous nature of the all-seeing God's eye, um, uh-huh. it really, like, it sounds like um, Professor Xavier's, um, what do they call that thing? Uh, it's mind spring or something. What's that thing he had to put on that funky helmet and sit inside ah, of the planetarium? Shit, isn't it like Magneto's the bad guy? Right. Professor X has the um, the the planetarium, the brainatorium, yeah. <laughs> Cerebro, Cerebro. It's called Cerebro. Right, right, right. And yeah, Cerebro, Cerebro, Cerebro. was pretty scary. And Cerebro sound like a pretty accurate way to like, ah, oh, I'm gonna use the mind, and I'm gonna go and sort of tap into everybody. Mm-hmm. I think God's Eye. I think God's Eye is kind of funky in this movie because it's so easy to steal it. You know. Just like, oh right, like it lives on a flash drive. It gets put in the car, like, and then it get then it lives on this tablet, and then I just, you know, like, I guess that's 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 yeah, that's like the main thing about this movie is that you have this all powerful technology that nobody can hang on to, you know? Right, right. It is Cerebro. It's but Cerebro. for humans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, I had a thought, though. So as far as, yeah. like, it just uses facial recognition. I've been watching this new Watchmen show. What if you just wear, like, a Rorschach mask all the time? Well, it does. Tej at one point asked, what are those numbers? And Ramsey is, like, when it's digitizing his face. This is when they first use it to look for Shaw, who's mm-hmm. hiding in the warehouse in Abu Dhabi or something. Mm-hmm. It's. She says it's like digitizing his face. So, what it's it like, and the interface is like all these little lines off of points of his face mm-hmm. that are like running through number things. So it's possible. Let's just think about this for a second. It's mm-hmm. possible, even if he's wearing a mask, maybe it takes information off of the topography of his face too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Where it's not just like the actual like physical appearance of his face, but like how moundy his face is, <laughs> how like lumpy it is. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Could be. It sounds like you um, could, it sounds like a Rorschach mask will do it and I mean I think a few weeks ago I was watching a um like a uh kind of like a reality series around like poker players or no no poker players uh blackjack players cool, cool use of your time bro. yeah yeah, yeah. I, it, <laughs> it, it was, it's sort of basically it's like rounders but like reality tv version so they go okay. through some of their like <laughs> counting methods but really half the show is about how like nobody will let them play in the casinos and and how they like complain about it. <laughs> how they complain about it, but like, they like talk about like this one dude. He's like, dude, this guy has hundreds of identities. He like looks very normal, but has the ability to like, yeah, like walk with a limp sometimes and wear a funky wig and like Whoa. modify his uh, glasses and facial hair such that he's able to get more playtime, valuable playtime on these casino floors. And mm-hmm. I'm just saying that if you're getting creative, I feel like Gansai. You can fool them. Yeah. Yeah. Put on a, like a balaclava. Right. And you're pretty much good to go. Right. I feel like. Yeah. No, it's a good point. It's very easily spoofable. But unless you're living the Tom Brady way <laughs> with the balaclava, right? <laughs> like unless you're never eating a strawberry style of wearing a balaclava, uh-huh. I don't think you could fool it for very long. Right. Right. You know. At some point, it's gonna, it's gonna get you. I can't imagine you like walking down the Venice boardwalk, in a in you know. A ski mask. Right, right. It'd so be, it'd be great sun protection. Yeah, you watching that new HBO Watchmen movie, uh, TV show? I am. Yeah, it's kind of good, right? It's kind of good. It's one of those. It falls like into that category of shows where it's. Like, um, I feel stupid. Like, I was like, I'm watching the show. I've been watching the mm. show, but I sort of don't know what's going on all the time. Yeah, I like that. I like it, but I also, you know, I'm like constantly seeking a little bit of, um, yeah, affirmation that I know what's going on. Right. Right. Um, I, I read the comic book mm-hmm. back in the day. Did you ever? I did not. We have a copy here, yeah. which it's we... It's pretty crush, actually, yeah. I feel like, to understanding what the fuck is happening in the show. Yeah, okay. As a sequ- It's a direct sequel. Okay. To the comic. Oh, got it. So sequel, yeah. not any sort of... Um, as far as I understand adaptation. what they're trying to do. Yeah. It's a direct sequel. Cool. Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah, go ahead and read the comic. And it's good to read the comic, if you can, like all in one... Just sit down and do it. Mm-hmm. Takes like half a day. I can, I can make time for that. We have it yeah. here. We have it here. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do shout outs? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it. Uh, um, what do you want to shout out to this week, my man? Yeah, I got a, I got a rough one here. So this mm. is like... Sort is, of an, is this an anti? It's sort of an anti shout out. It's like, nice. so, so it's a follow up from last week, a couple weeks ago. I bought this, so I bought this Blu-ray DVD or Blu-ray video disc set, so I could uh, of the Fast and Furious movies. of the Fast and the Furious series mm-hmm. here, and uh, the goal here was so that I could sort of make my life a whole lot easier. Yeah, not happened. Has not happened. No, 
First of all, okay. I don't have a I don't have a like a video game system or anything where I can actually play the discs. You should have checked on that before. I feel like that one's on you. My so bro. I knew that. I knew that ahead of time. But like okay. primarily, I wanted to. I was like, all right, well, for whatever, forty bucks for this set, I can get all of the get myself like a digital copy that comes with it. I was like, all right, that seems easy right because right because if right. i buy it on okay. whatever itunes amazon it's like 10 bucks a pop and this one was like 40 bucks for all of them so i was like okay sure i don't want to just okay. do this and then if sure. i need to i can i can walk around this disc walk around with this disc yeah put it in your um shoulder bag yeah but i blew it if need be i don't know what happened so i opened this thing up and the codes don't work and now i have a bunch of discs that I can't watch, and now I have a bunch of codes <laughs> that I can't use. And so I watch, oh, so shit. I watch, so I watched this movie again with like, um, yeah, Spanish subtitles, and I was like, hey man, I've got all these discs here. I'm ready to do this. Try to invest in my own watching pleasure. It didn't work out for me. Did you call Universal Pictures? Is there a helpline yeah. on the disc? So there's no, there's obviously nobody that's, that's going to answer that phone call. I sent a little <laughs> customer support message into into the darkness, and who knows when that's ever going to come back. You should get Elon to tweet at them. Ah, right. I should leverage my CEO. Yes, 100%. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, make it happen, bro. So, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna... Alright, don't buy Blu-rays in 2019. This is the fucking lesson. Yeah. But it's a lesson, Daryl, I feel like you should have known and learned in, like, 2014. I didn't have (laughs) to. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have to, you know? And, like, and that's the thing, like, when we started doing, when we we refreshed the, the podcast, all of these movies were available on Netflix. So, sort of, Netflix fucked me, too, because... Right, right. Their contracts ran up with Universal on these movies. Right. They got to be out there on some service, like Disney Plus or some shit. Obviously, it's not um, going to be Disney, but like... Right, right. I don't know. Right? I mean... HBO Max? I get, you know? I, I recently stole somebody's HBO uh, login. It's been amazing. That's how I watch this Watchmen thing. Yes, yeah, stealing the, the HBO login is basically a... Must have. So, I have my mom's. So it's, primo. It's a must have. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just like yeah. If you ever yeah. in doubt that HBO makes the best content, like go ahead and get yourself a login because they still do, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's really pretty great. Uh, I've been watching that other show. Ellie and I've been watching that Golden Compass show. Oh, based on the the Young Teens series. Yes, yeah, Young Teens. Yes, yeah, Young Teens. The Polar Bear. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, it's okay. It's not great. Actually. Yeah, I put that in the, the category of books that I definitely rented from the library, and yep, I maybe wrote a book report for it, but maybe, yep. maybe, didn't or maybe it. not, didn't read it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely read it when I was of age. Right, and then in two thousand seven, when the movie came out with Daniel Craig in it. Mm-hmm. I saw it, and that movie obviously blew chunks. <laughs> and now this show is like better than the movie, but it's. I'm struggling. It, yeah. I, I, there's some weak points to it. It needs to get moving, and it needs that James McAvoy needs to get his gear, his ass into gear, and get on the show more. Mm-hmm. And like, things need to happen with it. 
Is the show designed for adult viewers or is it for... Uh, no. No. Okay. It's All designed right. for... I mean, it's designed maybe adult viewers who are like fans of the books mm-hmm. when they were young. I think we'll enjoy it. I think, yeah. It's okay. It's not like my thing. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, I want to shout out this week to um, Plain White Bread. You ever oh. had it? Oh. Honestly, not in a while. It's fucking... <laughs> it's, I, I totally feel you. I, I know where you're coming from because, like, we're 30. You know what I mean? Like, it's been a bit since, uh-huh, uh-huh. since we ate some they plain white bread. They put that stuff in the back. They put that stuff in the back of the grocery store now. You, like, can't even find that anymore. You can't even find it. Yeah. Good luck going to a restaurant where you can get a plate, piece of toast, plain white toast. Uh-huh. Right? It's right. all oat loaf right. and... Ten, honey grain. Ten grain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of an artisan sourdough, as listeners of the pod know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, but um, yeah. And also at my house, like, I do some grocery shopping, but I almost sort of never think to get bread. Mm-hmm. And then my girlfriend does some grocery shopping. And the bread shows up. And it's like, it's obviously never white. It's like always a shade of brown bread mm-hmm. and so of some sort. Natural color. So, man, I went out there. I bought like Plowman's, like farmer, Plowman's bakery, white bread. I don't fucking know what it's called. Mm-hmm. White bread. Oh, my God. It's delicious. <laughs> it's like, it's so, it's like candy, dude. Uh-huh. Fluffy, it's sweet, so good. light. Oh, incredible. No, no texture. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> no texture, no chunks stuck on my teeth, you know, or nuts or seeds. Just like white bread. Just the pure essence of bread. Just fucking bread, <laughs> man. Put it in the toaster, it comes out, and it's golden. Mm-hmm. And I put some jam on that shit and eat it. I don't have to worry about... Cracking my tooth open on something. You know See, I mean? Seeds like, flying all over the place. Oh my god, it's perfect. And every bite is flawless. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Every single bite of it is the same and it's flawless. It's incredible. So and then it's so incredible. I looked up a recipe and today I'm make I'm trying to make some plain white bread. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yeah, like my ancestors. <laughs> You know. Wait a minute. Um, I I think wouldn't Texas toast fall into the white bread category? Ooh, great question. Right, this is the extra wide boy, but very white, very white bread. Is it just is Texas toast just a thick ass piece of white? Bread? I think so. I think it's a thick boy slice of white bread. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't reckon. I've always thought it was like a potato bread, kind of, but it's not. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> Thick old slice. Now that, yeah, now that I'm, now I that love I'm, that. Now that I've repositioned I it, yeah, I eat like uh, I almost eat white bread, and like I don't recognize it because I get it at um. You get it in thick Texas toast. No, I get form. it. I get it at hometown barbecue, and they like oh. they do the thick. They do the thick boys, and then they just slather them in butter. I like don't recognize mm-hmm. them as white bread, but they like definitely are. I'm a big fan. Some people are not. 
I'm a big fan of the chewy, soft white bread with your barbecue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it sops everything up. Yeah. It's there for you. It's a delivery system that's there for you. It's a neutral palate mm-hmm. for you to add uh, pulled pork mm-hmm. or brisket with a little spicy barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Or you can make a whole sandwich with coleslaw and mac and cheese in it. Fuck, man. There's so many things white bread can do. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I mean, in the barbecue situation, like that, that wheat slice is not, it's not appropriate. It's, if, if I ever, like, I, I just can't even imagine if I went to a barbecue place and four pieces of sliced wheat bread ended up on my plate, like, I would walk out. I don't think I would even eat it, any of it. It sends the wrong message. Yeah, the message of we don't know what the fuck we're doing. And the, the rest of the food is probably terrible. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. No, I'd leave hungry and annoyed. Um, I do love this Texas toast revelation, though. Yeah. I just thought it was like, I don't know what the fuck I thought. <laughs> and then you just grill it, basically. Like yeah. a grilled cheese without the cheese. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. All right. Yeah. Now we know. Now we know. What else did you learn about uh, the fucking Furious 7? Yeah. Um, So I was thinking about... So I've never been in a car. I'm not sure if you have uh, one that uses a, like, four or five-point racing harness. No. Yeah. I've been in a go-kart. Got it. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to figure it out because I know that, um, yeah, they run these in their in their cars right uh brian has one in his gtr but the way i understand it is like the harnesses themselves are illegal because or sometimes and i think the reason is because you want to be wearing a five-point harness in a race car because you don't have airbags but you are wearing a helmet and you do have a roll cage the idea is that you get locked yeah you want to be locked into your seat so that you don't sort of move around the cabin and in the event of a crash you don't, yeah, ram your face into the steering wheel, but that's right. what that's what securing yourself to the to the racing sort of bucket is is all about. So I'm trying yep. to figure out just on a very like, yeah, very like low level why they would even consider running racing harnesses in their basically street cars, modified, but they still have airbags and like they don't have roll cages in. In the cars that they're driving around, it's uh, some just some of them do. That's yeah. not true. Some of them do. In Dom's, um, I want the what does he say? I want the like bastard love child. Bastard love child. Oh yeah. yeah what yeah, does yeah. he say? Bastard love child of the Charger and this this dune buggy yeah, thing like, over here. Yeah. Demon love car. child. I think he calls it. Demon love child. That's it. Yeah. He's got a roll cage in that. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, some of them have roll cages. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to figure out. So, like, uh, the, the combination of things that make sort of uh, the five point harness safe. So, it's like harness plus roll cage, but I think you're still really supposed to be wearing a helmet, right? Mm, harness keeps yes, you from running sure. your, yeah, running your face into the steering wheel. Roll cage yes. keeps the roof from crashing down on your head, but then, yes. Like, helmet sounds like it still needs to live in there. 
Oh, 100% it does. Right. And the helmet needs to be secured. Like, if you're actually in a race car, don't they, like, secure your helmet somehow so that, like, your neck, if you crash to, like, a full stop, Mm -hmm. like, the harness keeps you in, but then if your head, like, whips forward fast enough, it detaches itself from your Uh, body. Yeah. So they, like, secure in somehow. They, They tie it to the... I don't really know. I'm yeah. not like trying to advocate for any kind of like thing I don't know about safety thing I don't know about. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think they like strap it in somehow. Yeah. Basically. So that you're not gonna like whiplash your neck forward so hard it comes off. Hmm. The one car that has I believe has a five point harness that seems the most ludicrous to me is um when when they're rescuing Ramsey and Brian, Brian needs to do the maneuver where he punches, he kicks open the window, his window, <laughs> gets out of the car, jumps on, into the bus. Yeah. Right? Like, he knows ahead of time that this maneuver requires, like, access. Right. And accessibility, right? So... Why does he have a five-part harness, which would seem cumbersome to undo mm-hmm. to make all that happen, right? Exactly what I was... That, exactly, that was exactly my train of thought, which mm-hmm. is that, yeah, you guys know what the plan is here. Like, it's totally inappropriate for you to have that type of restraint. Yeah, for sure. But even if... Yeah, and I was trying to think about it, and I was reading, like, a little bit about these harnesses. One of the main things... Like, even as a, if you're driving this as, like, your everyday driver, if you're wearing one of those harnesses, you can't reach the stereo, and you can't turn to check your blind spots. And that's just, if you're driving a car, I'm just like, what's the point? That sounds terrible. Yeah, I don't don't understand either. Yeah. Um, I mean, they do know they need to crash somewhere. Mm -hmm. But again, like, helmets would be a plus right dom brings a helmet with him at some point yeah for ramsey yeah but it's like pop it on you're not getting done mm-hmm. you know pop it on um is mr nobody dom's dad <laughs> mr nobody <laughs> dom's dad i mean not yeah, not to discount the fact that in previous movies Dom literally said he saw his dad burning in the car. Yeah, I mean, not for nothing. Kurt Russell's face doesn't look <laughs> like it's not burnt in the car. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mhm. Mhm. I just feel like he Especially sometimes when he's watching him do maneuvers and things. Um, he has a very fatherly-like uh, demeanor. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what are you doing, Dominic? Like that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sort of. Uh, he looks all, He looks over Dom with an um, amount of um, pride and affection and like... He sides with him on every argument with his trained military men that Dom has. He also um, wants to teach him about beer. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, I just think there's some fatherly things. (laughs) 
I wouldn't be surprised if there's a deleted scene where he teaches Dom how to shave. Mm. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he also applies some of that, and this is looking in the future, but doesn't he apply mm-hmm. that to, what's his name, number two, Mr. Also Nobody? Oh, yeah. Mr. No One? Mr. No One? Seems like closer. Scott Eastman we're talking about? Scott Eastwood probably is, I don't know, within this universe, closer to being Mr. Nobody's son, cousin, nephew. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Um, I did like, there's a moment where they're preparing for the final battle where they make, they do this kind of nice thing where... Dom and Brian are gearing up, and then they mon- they intercut that with um, Jathan Statham gearing up. Mm-hmm. And Dom and Brian are all are like gearing up their old gear, like gear we recognize from the first movie or the fourth movie. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. things like Brian got his um, bulletproof vest and like his old FBI guns, and then he even has the FBI patch on the vest that he like takes off. You know, it's like he's had this gear around for a while and he's gearing up with it. Dom gets out his old car, obviously, from 1327. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I heard that. I heard that as a gear at first. I was like, that's a very old car. And I was like, hold on, that's an address. Yeah, <laughs> from 1320. Yeah, from, yeah, he got it from the Belgian monks in 1327. Yeah. Um, and then Jason Statham does has like all the new stuff, right? Like he's got like a new Aston, I think, with all these like advanced um, guns and like grenade. Anyway, just like there's an old and new thing happening with the gear montage. That's it. That's my whole point. Yeah, but new is not yeah. necessarily better. I think is one of the as we uh, learn. Yeah. That's one of the ongoing motifs of the. Well, when you get in a street fight, (laughs) (laughs) the street always wins. The street always wins. Yeah, I brought a gun. What could only be described as vehicular warfare. Ugh. Ugh. What a line. (laughs) (laughs) What could only? Could it only be described as vehicular warfare? There's no other way to describe it. Anyway. You done? That's a wrap. That's all I got for this movie. Alright. This has been No One Likes the Tuna Podcast. You can always tweet at us at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T. You can sometimes uh, find us on Instagram at No One Likes the Tuna Podcast. You can do um, a couple other things. One is email us. No one likes the tuna podcast at gmail.com. And also, fuck. Anything else? Patreon. Patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast. If you want to throw us a buck or two, it's like fucking cool as hell. I think our boy Mike Harrington followed us on insta so shout out to him he's helped us a little bit audio wise once in a while and uh yeah he's a good dude basically um 
Literally, you can throw it on Patreon. You can throw us a buck a month if you want. You know? Um, and there's some content. There's some special Resident Evil episodes up there. Actually, only one. I'm going to post the second one in a day. Um, I just have been lazy. So... That's it for us. Oh, and review us on Apple Podcasts. That'd be dope. It helps us, uh, helps everybody do everything. So, anyway. (laughs) 